Hey, everybody, this is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the ABC special live in front of a studio audience, Norman Lear's All in the Family and the Jeffersons. Got to catch my breath there. Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm good. Uh, What lies have you spread about me online today? (laughs) That was very... I just, I have never seen a grill. When we go into the, so you know, I, I mentioned having grilled corn at Matt's yes. and somebody said, hasn't Johnny made grilled corn for you? It's a barbecue staple in the Midwest. And I very innocently said, I didn't even know if you had a grill, which set off some unpleasantness between the two of us, I thought. I thought well, you got kind of... Uh, let me fill in the whole story here, is when we were starting the podcast back up again, Mom and I had a talk, and I said, you know, Mom, the one thing I'm going to ask is I just don't I don't want you popping up on my Twitter mentions, okay? Don't be saying stuff about me on Twitter. So, last week, you've been pretty oh, good wait, about that, I but last that week... Last week, I tweeted out, or I, I said... Here's how you can reach me on Twitter. Here's how you can reach mom. Yeah, someone asked mom about a little conversation we had about grilled corn on the cob. She's never had it. And mom said, I don't think Johnny even owns a grill, which I do. And uh, so I just don't need you lying about me online. Well, well, first of all, I agreed not to respond to anything that you tweeted. I'm allowed to say whatever I want on my Twitter. Well, you're not allowed to make the private public. Maybe if I don't own a grill, that's a mark of shame, and I don't want that spread to everybody. <laughs> Especially if I do own one, a very pretty copper, copper-colored copper one. I was at the Home Depot, in fact, last Memorial Day. So I haven't had it that long, in your defense. But last Memorial Day, I go to the um, Home Depot, and they've got the, the standard black Weber grill. And then next to that, they've got this copper-colored one. Now, you and I, Mom... We can't resist the special color. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> We're like magpies. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, um, so I have a beautiful copper-colored uh, Weber grill, and yeah, during the summer we use it about once or twice a week. But I have never grilled for you, and so now no. when you come in the summer, I'm going to grill you up a feast. You deserve it. Okay. This. Uh... Well, that'll be fun. And and in my defense, I have been in your garage. I mean, where is the grill? It's on the deck, but it's it's under a cover because I want to protect oh. that beautiful copper color. So you gotcha. When you come back, you'll see it, and you'll just see that you never recognized this dowdy looking item as a grill because there's a grill right. under there just want to reassure as i already have michael J, our uh, twitter correspondent that i do have a grill uh, michael J says not to be reply guy but i hope to hear about the glory of chicago grilled corn after mom's next visit indeed you will michael J. and no pop mom listener could ever be a reply guy come on no, no we don't hear from enough of you that's right that's right we do not consider you reply guys 
to be honest, once in a while, a reply guy does pop up. No, I never get one. No, good, good. I don't want that. If there's a reply guy, I'm I'm all in. I would like to talk to anybody. Uh, even a even a nasty reply guy. You didn't oh, want to. No, I don't want to. Yeah, no, when I but... say reply guy, I mean sort of these Twitter jerks. That's what that's oh. what reply guy means. Well, you see, if I if it wasn't about the podcast, I would enjoy that because I would take that on. Well, we don't need that. We don't need that. No, no, no. I know. I'm just saying. What's the big doings in Wilmot right now? The sun is out. Spring has sprung. What's happening? Well, it's quite beautiful here today. A little chilly, but I'll take it. We don't usually have much of a spring, but the big event that's coming up this weekend, Memorial Day. Well, first, let me say that one of the biggest and nicest things is that they, the, uh, the American Legion will come and shoot off guns across the street. And then they march up the street. I don't know where they go, but they march up the street. So it's quite, <laughs> quite moving. Yeah, yeah. And I used to know quite a few people that participated in that, but we're losing them. Oh, so, well, yeah. that's so sad. that's a little sad. But one of the times that the the high school sent a trump trumpet player and a trump trumpet player. Oh, that's <laughs> the last thing we need to play taps. And uh, I think it was like his fourth lesson. It was horrible. Oh, no. oh dear. I had to go in the house. I could, I just, you know, I'm such an idiot. I, I just couldn't contain myself. Oh, taps, though. So much to memorize. You sympathize with the kid. Well, I've never had to play taps, so I don't know. But, you know, he played it. <laughs> See, they should have had me. Wow, you are good. All right, so the, what's coming up is the Presbyterian Church yard sale, and it is massive and fun, just fun, fun, fun. Mm -hmm. One time, Anna and I went and saw a brooch that was made out of two peanuts that had been um, sort of like dipped in to what acrylic peanuts, P-E-A. N-U-T-S. Oh, my God. It's just like talking to your father. Okay, proceed. He can't pass up a penis joke to save his life. I just wanted to make All sure right. the readers knew what you were describing, because the image they may have been forming in their heads, the way you pronounced it, was quite different from what you wanted to be there. They may have been picturing two penises where you wanted them to picture a pair of nuts. Okay, so proceed. <laughs> Wait, you said readers. Did I? <laughs> well, it's a hard <laughs> habit. Old habits die hard. The listeners. <laughs> so if anybody's reading this, I want to know. Presbyterian yard sale. Yeah. Presbyter Maybe Saturday. some people print out the podcast. Who knows? <laughs> I'm sorry. The Presbyterian yard sale. Yes. So they have rooms and rooms and rooms. They have toys. They have books. They have jewelry. They have clothes. They have lamps. They have crafts. And honest to God, if you ever want to see the biggest collection of mugs that nobody wants, this is the place to go. Like used mugs or just mugs with yeah. dumb Oh, okay. Well, used mugs with dumb stuff on Got them. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Like number one dad. Those always make me sad, you know? Like, how did they end up at the yard sale? 
Oh, yeah, that is sad. Maybe he lost his title. One night he was just like, well, you damn kids, shut up. And then the next day, the number one dad people came by and they were like, sorry, we got to take that mug back. I think you need to keep a mug until you break it. Because they do break. Yeah. Until you break it on purpose. Is that what you're saying? Well, you know, sometimes you can be a little. I would never do that. Yeah. Because I know a couple of years ago I had to ask everybody. Dad had lots of, like, number one dad, best dad in the world. And I had nothing. I finally had to ask everyone to send me a mug. And you, you lovingly picked out a mug that said, most humble mom. (laughs) Well, because you're asking everyone to name you number one mom. Yeah. I, world's what? humblest mom, I think it said. I had to get that made up special. I didn't find it. Well, you know, it's very... Dad has multiple mugs that proclaim him to be the best dad. And I was wondering, how come I never got a mug like that? Well, would you rather have a mug or would you rather we have a podcast that provided the creative window out of a deep depression for your son? Which would you rather have? Would you rather work with your son on a life-changing creative project or have a mug? Well, now I have both. (laughs) That's right. I don't have to choose. All right. Well, here's what I want to say, though, about the Presbyterian yard sale. And it is a wonder. Mm. It really is. Mm -hmm. They have everything. But the Baptist Church also has a yard sale a little later in the summer. And the Presbyterian yard sale gets a real bottleneck because you have to pay for things before you leave a certain room. And it takes time because obviously these are not professional clerks and, you know, they're very worried about missing out on 20 cents here and there. And it's kind of a pain in the ass. So the Baptist church puts all their stuff out on tables. And you can just bring a bag, bring your wagon, open your car up, and take anything you want. And all they ask is that you make a donation. And they make out like bandits because people are overly generous. Mm. You know, here's a $20 bill, you know, and maybe they got a Tupperware bowl and a book and you know, some tchotchke, and that's it. Now here's 20 bucks, it's the church, and they make out fine. So I wish the Presbyterian Church would do that. Which uh, yard sale tends to have better wares? Is there any difference in the makeup of the crap that they have on display? Well, yeah, I guess there is. I mean, I guess the Presbyterian might is more reliable if uh-huh. you're if you're looking yeah I see that's uh, that yeah perhaps that's part of it it could be part of it nicer mugs at the Presbyterian one <laughs> the Baptist church some I mean one time I got a whole big plastic uh, container of pezes which I collect so that was fun mm-hmm. yeah I would say the Presbyterian yard sale is spot on. <laughs> They have sporting equipment, okay. they have appliances, furniture, mm-hmm. you know, it's a big one. It's a big yard. Firearms? Sale. No. 
<laughs> so now that I've told you all about it, everybody should not come to this because <laughs> until I'm until I go home. Now, are you one of those early birds? I go early because I'm looking for specific stuff. You know, when it is yard sale season, you will sometimes see these people if you're up early enough, which I rarely am, just sort of camping out because they need. Yeah, they, I, I can't. They got to get their hands on those baseball cards before anyone else. <laughs> so that's you, right? No, no, I'm not. I'll be in the line waiting to go in. But well, that's camping out as far as if you arrive before right. opening time, you're camping out. All right. Well, that's that is me, but only by like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. OK. And what are you looking for specifically? Well, I'm looking this year. I'm looking for jean jackets for Leo and Eve because I would like to embroider them. And I cannot find a little boy's jean jacket oh. anywhere. Leo, any of our my children. Um, well, good luck with that, because that sounds very cute. Yeah. They do look adorable in a jean jacket, as you've seen. But anyway, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for golden books, always looking for golden books. Tell people what golden books are, in case they don't know. Little golden books. They were very popular when I was a kid, and they have they have little sweet graphics in them, pictures by artists. And I just love them. They're little storybooks. Little storybooks. You know, they bookstores are are more sophisticated now and more geared toward children than they were when I was a kid. But I love them, and I have a huge collection of them. But I always feel like I'm saving them because people just kind of poo-poo them. Oh, do they? I think so. Well, they better not be poo-pooing them in our Twitter replies. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's all I'm going to say <laughs> so uh, if you want me to look for anything uh, I will but what what would you look for at a yard sale hmm. uh, you know I love an old TV guide right um, TV ephemera really uh, uh -huh. I used to look for video game stuff but uh, I got enough of that but it's hard not to be attracted to something uh, that once instilled such, you know, a jiggle inside of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So these, but don't you have enough golden books to refresh your memory? Well, you know, who's, who's to say enough? <laughs> who's to say? Well, well I, have to... I feel like I've tried to say it a few times, but it doesn't take. Well, I try not to run your life. You should try not to run mine. You try not to run and, my and life? Wow. Could have fooled me. <laughs> Johnny, that is not fair. Okay. Whatever you say, Mom. No, um, that's not whatever I say. Whatever you say. Let's just start, an <laughs> Let's just start another fight. No, no. I'm just we had enough fighting with the, with the, over the grill. But I do have to there, say, Johnny, there you was had, no fighting. You just wouldn't believe me. <laughs> I, well, you just you just wouldn't really convince me. I told you, you three times I have a grill. And you were just like, Johnny, do you really have a grill? <laughs> At a certain point, I had to give up. Well, I asked Anna and she said yes. But then I thought maybe you were prompting her. 
I know nobody could convince you of a pretty banal fact about my life. Well, the last I'm not going to get into this again with you. Okay, should we move on to our review? Well, no, because first I want to tell you that there's going to be like a garage sale here when you come to visit because the whole porch is full of yours and Anna's stuff. Uh huh. So be ready to be shipping some stuff home. Okay. Well, that's a potent threat. I guess we'll just never come. <laughs> oh, I can put it in boxes myself. <laughs> yeah. What are you waiting for? Oh, because I don't know what you want and what you don't want. <laughs> I mean, there's some sentimental stuff in there, but there's probably some crap in there, too. Yeah, we're sure it's all gold. I'm sure. There's a little Bible that Anna was given, like in the third grade or something. Oh, uh, trash. <laughs> You're awful. You're awful. There's a big, big box of comic books. What am I supposed to do with that? Read them. No, no, no. No. All right, well, I'll just take everything to the dump then. Is that what you want me to do? No, there's ALF comic books in there. You can't throw those away. Yes, are you going to have them at your house? Should we move on to our review for the week? (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) All right, here we go. In addition to setting the record for longest title in Pop Mom history, live in front of a studio audience, Norman Lear's All in the Family and the Jeffersons was a television experiment designed to give audiences in 2019 a fresh look at two socially-minded sitcoms that helped shape the national conversation in the 70s. In a 90-minute live special, big names including Woody Harrelson, Wanda Sykes, Marissa Tomei, Jamie Foxx, Ellie Kemper, Will Ferrell, and more, reenacted an episode each of First All in the Family, a show that pitted middle-aged bigot Archie Bunker against his more forward-thinking family, and The Jeffersons, an All in the Family spinoff about a black family that enters the elite circles of urban life, a family that's moving on up as the theme song goes, Here's a clip of the special. George, Diane is my friend. No, she's not. She's a domestic. You make it sound like a disease. Louise, it's just part of life. I mean, you own an apartment in the building, and she's a maid. Now, hold it right there, Buster. Ain't you forgetting where you came from? It's not a question of where I came from. It's a question of where I am. Look, Louise, you from the east side, she from the west side, and I don't want no crosstown traffic in my kitchen. George, the Lord created everybody equal. Except in your case, he quit work before he got to your head. Live in front of a studio audience, Norman Lear's All in the Family and the Jeffersons is available to view on ABC.com and on the ABC app in theory, although I will say that the links are broken as of this recording. Hopefully they'll fix that soon. Mom... Were you delighted by live in front of a studio audience, Norman Lear's All in the Family and the Jeffersons? Don't make me say it again. <laughs> I was. Me too. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. It was so, I was nervous coming up to it because I kept thinking, live, this is going to be live. And then I calmed down because I said, well, it'll be like watching a play, you know, that's mm, just live. It really but was. I did, yeah. So I did calm down and 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 
I was very excited about it, though. I didn't know what to expect going into it. Um, I didn't know if they were going to do impersonations of the original performances, which is mostly what they did. I would say with the notable exception of Wanda Sykes, who I think played it the way she saw it instead of um, trying to emulate the original Wheezy, who was played by Isabel Sanford. Uh, But it was they were mostly echoing the original characters, Woody Harrelson's Archie Bunker Mmm, a little dicey. Come on, Daddy, now is the perfect opportunity for you and Lionel's father to get together. What's so perfect about getting together with a guy that treats me as if I was the one of us who was the colored guy? (laughs) Eat it. Look at this toast. It's stone cold. Oh, I'm sorry, Archie. It was warm when I made it. That would have been a good time to save it to me then, huh? No, you weren't awake then. I'm awake now. Yeah, I know. Get hot toes! Yeah, right away. Daddy, did you have to treat Ma like she was a slave? I treat her like a housewife. Little dicey. But Marissa Tomei's Edith, hilarious. Very good, except she didn't have a rundown, and that was sort of distracting to me. She didn't have the rundown. The run. When she, like, jogged into the kitchen, you mean? Yeah. She sort of, she sort of ran like an antelope, and Edith ran like a, like a little puppy, maybe, or Oh, that's it was, right. It was a little different. That's right. Marissa Tomei was sort of like little bounds, right? And it yeah. was more of a shuffle. Uh, yes. And the yes, that's <laughs> the a better original. word. Yeah. Funny that you would zero in on that uh, detail. I should say that Gene Stapleton played the original Edith. You know, Marissa Tomei was doing a Gene Stapleton impersonation, and down to. She got, I think, her biggest laugh when she had a mouthful of um, mouthful of food, and Archie said to her, "Stop, stop eating that!" And she just sort of shrinks her mouth up and and chews like littler bites, yeah. more frantic. Um, it was yeah. a great piece of physical comedy, and the audience really responded to it. Uh, I thought the performances, on the whole, were excellent. Given once you accept that they're impersonating the originals. Yeah, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the only uh, I only had two negative things that I wrote down. Mm. Uh, I didn't really care for, you know, I hate to say this because everybody did such a great job, but I didn't really love Woody Harrelson's yeah uh, depiction. I had a tough time with that, but then I had it, you know, I was trying to remember because, of course, I was a big All in the Family fan in the day. And I was trying to remember, was was Archie really so, uh, such a racist? I just don't remember it being so much that way. And and maybe it was, you know. Well, this was the original script. They didn't change the script. So, yeah, yeah. that's how he was. Which was kind of tough. It's funny you say that, Mom. And let's expand on this a little bit. Let's talk about All in the Family for a second. My exposure to All in the Family first came in college in a TV history 
uh, course that I took. I mean, oh. maybe I'd seen little bits and pieces of it before then, but I think that was the first time I'd seen a full episode. And, you know, it was, as you might imagine, um, at that point in the course, we were talking about the TV of the 70s, and uh, in particular, Norman Lear, and he, his sort of issues-based approach to sitcom development and sitcom writing, right? So yeah. Archie, Archie Bunker, to me, has always been a, a, a bigot that really stood out. I wonder if the stuff that he says, Mom, was it not as... Um, I don't want to say shocking, but was it not as vivid a contrast in the 70s? That's what I would say. You think so? I think so. And I think that's why it was just so um, uncomfortable to listen to. And, you know, I was certainly a different person when this show was originally mm. on um, and much more enlightened now, mm -hmm. um, uh, I just I had I found it difficult to listen to Archie. I'd like to go back and see the older show and and see if it's did it make a difference. I guess is what I'm wondering. Did it did it make people look at themselves and say, "Yay, Archie, you go"? Because that's what I feel like the Trumpers were sitting home saying, "Yeah, we need more Americans like that." And, um, well, yeah, that was that was the dirty secret of All in the Family, which it makes it sound too big. But right. this show was popular not only because it was progressive and because it was uh, dramatizing issues that the nation was dealing with, but a lot of people did watch it and and nod their head at what Archie Bunker said and yeah. accepted him without irony yeah and it's not like the the network cbs was unaware of that mm. that was part of the success of the show i wonder maybe he's done interviews about this but i wonder how norman lear feels about that <clears throat> because he must yeah. know it too i again it was difficult to watch it was difficult to hear that mm -hmm. and i guess it made me sad because i feel like We've matured in our thinking. We've, we've, we certainly, you know, back in back when All in the Family was originally on, I don't think there were many um, black and white unions couples. Mm. You know, it still would have would have. Uh, I feel like now, who cares? I don't care. Right. Um, but I know there's people out there that do still care. I I was sort of hoping to think there were less of us that cared yeah but watching that now i'm not so sure i don't know well that was uh you're getting into the jeffersons now and the episode of the jeffersons that they reenacted yeah. had a number of jokes about what uh george jefferson referred to as a mixed couple right and he you right. know he looked askance uh george jefferson being the um, you know, the Jefferson is about a black family and George is a is a hilariously proud and bullheaded uh, black man. And it's, you know, these two shows have a funny relationship because George is kind of the Archie Bunker of his of his show. Not a bigot, but right. chauvinist in his own way. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, right. And he doesn't approve of this of 
I mean, it's not that he disapproves, but he looks askance at it, I think is the best way to say it. I would agree. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So that was it was a little um, odd to watch and see the different characters and then try to replace them in your mind with who they yeah. were from your memory. And, and, and most of them were slipped into the role quite good. I did cry when Marla Gibbs came on. Oh, that was great. Marla Gibbs uh, played the maid Florence on the original uh, Jeffersons, and she was the one cast member to reprise her original role in this reenactment. And the crowd went wild. And uh, yeah, it was it was moving to see her. And lovely. It was just lovely. And boy, she hit her marks uh, as well as anyone on that stage. Right. Like she was just back to business. She knew she she knew what to do and she did it. Yeah. One thing also I wanted to bring up was um, Jamie Foxx was amazing. Yes. He did the one thing I was hoping nobody would do. Yeah. Uh, good. Uh, this is what I wanted to talk about, too. Go ahead. Is that he uh, there's a word for it. Yeah. There's a phrase. It's, it's called breaking. Breaking. And I was so disappointed when that happened because I think it draws attention to yourself that's not what this was about. Uh, you know, everybody kind of broke up. I, I, I just didn't, I was disappointed that that happened. I was disappointed as well. I, um, I have to imagine that um, the director of the episodes, it's a guy named Jim Burroughs, who has been directing multi-camera oh, sitcoms gosh. since the beginning of time. This, this yeah. guy knows how to direct a sitcom better than anyone on earth. I can't imagine he would have approved of it. Um, and if you looked around the room, like um, Woody Harrelson, so let me explain what happened. Jamie Foxx uh, enters as Sherman Hemsley. Uh, he's just come in. And he stumbles over a line and instead of just going ahead, you know, either restate the line or just move on. You know, Woody Harrelson screwed up a line earlier in the broadcast and he just kept going. Going, Um, right. Jamie Foxx, you know, suddenly stopped and said, hey, it's live. Ever since I was a little boy, I would always beg my mother for a little brother. But, you know, we were broke. So all we could for all we could all is live. Everyone sitting at home just think their TV just messed up. <laughs> and then he gets back into it, and I was so disappointed, too. This ain't the Carol Burnett show. Like, it's that's not... Right. Um, it is, as you said at the very beginning of our discussion, like a play. It was like we were yeah. watching two plays, and that's how these were written. You know, the... The breakfast scene and all in the family, I felt like they were eating breakfast forever um, just because this was the this was the first act of the show is just arguing with each other around the breakfast table. It's not how, you know, shows are edited or put together now with these, you know, long meandering scenes. There's there's cuts to a new location or new character enters. It's much faster paced. It's like watching a stage play. So I thought it was a I thought it was a big mistake by Jamie Foxx to break. But I'll tell you what, Mom, I went on the ABC website this morning to check for links to see if people could watch it, as I said um, in the setup. And the they had clips of each of the theme songs being sung by the cast members um, and by Jennifer Hudson in the case of the Jeffersons. 
Yeah. And the one other clip that they had was Jamie Foxx breaks up. Like this was what they were promoting. And I get it. It was live and they want to, you know, they want to play that up that things could and did go wrong, but it was a sour moment. I that's what I felt like it was a because I looked at it as an ensemble of people trying to recreate a feeling uh, as a group, recreate this. And I thought it was disrespectful. And maybe you tell me, because I thought it was disrespectful to his fellow actors. But what do you think? You know, I don't think it was a mortal sin, but yes, I think it was disrespectful to his colleagues and um, to the performance as a whole. That was my feeling. Don't draw attention to yourself. This isn't all about you. Just do an amazing job. And and he did, but don't draw attention yeah. to yourself like that. That's that's no good. That's no, I no agree. Good. But he was, no one was deeper into an impression of the original performance than Jamie Foxx was. He yeah. was channeling yeah. Sherman Hemsley. And look, Definitely. there was a... There was a choice they could have made here, which was you can do an impression or you can you can do your own take on the character. Right. Yeah. I think that Jamie Foxx and Woody Harrelson were in a particular sticky situation uh, in that respect, in that. If you're doing your own take on the character, people are seeing Woody Harrelson saying these things or Jamie Foxx saying these things. If you're impersonating something from the past, it creates a little distance from the awful things that Archie says and the somewhat less awful but still chauvinistic and, like I said, bullheaded uh, things that George Jefferson says. It offers them some distance, whereas I think if Jamie Foxx came in and did his own take on the character – it might have been interesting to watch, um, but I'm not oh. sure that Jamie Foxx would have been as comfortable with the material. So I think that this decision to have them do impersonations of the original character plays up the period feel of it and maybe made the actors a little more comfortable with the, you know, as as you said, sometimes uncomfortable material. Well, I do have a question for you. They use the N-word. Mm-hmm. and bleeped it out. Yeah. Did we say the N-word back in the 70s on TV? Yeah, yeah. They gave themselves a, gave themselves a lot of room for error, the sensor on the button did, um, on that bleep. Because I think they started bleeping like 15 seconds before the word was actually said. Yeah. It was a long <laughs> was bleep a to make yeah. sure we hit that. <laughs> It was a little. Well, at least they knew it was coming. <laughs> they did, and they held it a little uh, for a second after it was said, just to make. <laughs> it, was. it was. I didn't know. Did they say the word, or did the TV bloop out, or what happened? It bleeped so long that it cut off the beginning of the next line. Yeah, it was. It was a little distracting. But, but yes, that would not have been bleeped in the original broadcast, and in fact, wow. was not. That is just incredible to me. That's incredible. You know, let's face it, lots of parts of history are are not easy mm. to look at. Yeah. But, Mom, let me, let's pivot away from the history piece right now, because I want to ask you about this. Yeah, parts of it were dated. The pop cultural references, some of them were obscure, even for me, um, something of a pop culture historian. But I also felt like the the scripts were 
surprisingly vibrant. And I laughed a lot. Like a lot of the comedy still had snap. And I just felt like I couldn't believe how relevant. And um, as uh, Anna, my wife and uh, viewing companion for these shows, put it thought provoking for these 40 plus year old shows to do that. I thought that the Norman Lear worship was a little over the top in the sort of interstitial segments with Jimmy Kimmel hosting and talking to Norman Lear. But um, it is a testament to his vision that these shows still have something to say to us in 2019. And that's really the biggest takeaway for me. And not only that do they have something to say, they give us uh, a forum to discuss. Mm, exactly right. Which is even more important, I think. Yeah. In that, you know, this is this is how we we comparing it to then and now. And I think that that makes for good conversation. The added lens of, of time, you mean, has time, added even yes. another layer to the discussion around this. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Because true. I think in the day we watched this and laughed and then we went on our merry way because that's how you did it. But now seeing it, now that awareness has made such a difference in so many of our lives, mm. we look at it differently. I really enjoyed this. I don't know if there's other shows that would really benefit from this, but maybe uh, maybe there are. But this was this was so much fun and a great tribute. I know you you didn't like the um, idolation of uh, Norman Lear. But he's 96. You know, you're not going to get another chance to tell him. Oh, I mean, I don't mind it that much. I think it's I thought it was a little over the top. But like I said, the proof is in the pudding. And these shows delivered decades later. You got to tip your hat to the guy. Most definitely. The other note that I made, Johnny, that I thought was interesting was when the camera pulled back from a scene when they were going to commercial Mm. and you could see the actual setup of the stage. Yeah, that was cool, wasn't it? That was fun, yeah. That was a lot of fun. A bunch of boom and shot moments. Yeah, the microphone. You know, as someone who's lived around TV productions uh, yeah. at various points during my career, <laughs> made me a little itchy, but um, is also kind of unavoidable. Uh, in a, and there was one scene where um, the George Jefferson was walking on the neighbor's back, and I knew there was really no way to get good sound in that moment without a booming shot. So, and yeah. they clearly knew it too because uh, the microphone lingered there for quite a while. But uh, a, this is me being a TV production nerd, and right. uh, b, I love that stuff. I, yeah, right, exactly. And I thought exactly. getting that getting that glimpse of the set, it just played up, no pun intended, this stage play aesthetic and this feeling that we were watching um, a performance of a script rather than a TV show, which maybe seems like a nonsensical distinction, but I hope you know what I'm getting at. I, I definitely do. You know, when Jennifer Hudson sang Moving On Up, you know, kind of, and, and and did it magnificently, mm. really tr- transported me back in time. And then you see her walk through the door to go backstage, and she it's like she's walking back into real life. Yeah, that's how that's right. how it felt to me. Right. Yes, absolutely. Well put. 
Um, she's entered this world of the of the past, and now she, and she just steps right back into ours. And she steps right back into now. So I I got goosebumps a couple of times. I did not expect it. Uh, I I found this whole thing very exciting. It totally surpassed my expectations. I feel like they should do it twice a year. And hey, do it with these shows. There's plenty of scripts. They made, uh, let's see, between these two shows, there's more than 450 episodes. Wow. I don't know what they have. I mean, this was sort of a Jimmy Kimmel experiment. And let me fill in a little of the background here. ABC is very eager to keep Jimmy Kimmel in their boat, as any network would be. You've invested in years and years in this star, and networks don't like to give up all that investment very easily. But Jimmy's been doing his late-night show for a while. Um, I heard him on Conan O'Brien's podcast recently, and I just got the feeling that he's starting to think about moving on. And in fact, um, in some of the publicity, some of the advanced press for this special, ABC uh, Flax even talked about how, you know, Jimmy has a succession plan, and if he decides to leave, we still want him in the ABC family. And so what networks do in that situation is they they give them production deals. Um, they CBS did this with Letterman, and now the ABC's doing it with Jimmy. Hey, you want to put on a show? Sure. And so this was um, a Jimmy Kimmel experiment that Norman Lear signed on to, and I think it worked out worked out great. And I hope Jimmy decides to do it again and again. Yeah, I think he had the vision to see that the possibilities of it where maybe somebody else wouldn't, and he has the, like you say, he has the uh, big pockets behind him to support it. I I think, I hope that everyone felt the same way I did as far as, yes, let's do this again. But you know what? If it never happened again, I loved this. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Maybe the biggest surprise we've had on Pop Mom in a while, I feel. Not that I expected it to be bad, but I guess, like I said, I didn't know what to expect, and it right. just was a delight. It was it was a delight, and I didn't really have any expectations. I was just nervous. I was nervous going in. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. Live is exciting. I just want to give a shout-out to Ellie Kemper uh, in the Sally Struthers role on All in the Family. Uh, she yeah. didn't have a lot to do. But I really liked her. I liked the sparkle that she had. I just I'm very fond of Ellie Kemper, and uh, I thought it was unfortunate that this was uh, they happened to pick a script that did not give her very much to do. But I thought I thought Ellie did a great job. Yeah, uh, my favorite though was Wanda Sykes. And can I just say, of all the people on the stage when Jamie Fox did break, uh, Wanda Sykes looked like she was having it the least. She was there to yeah. do a job. She's such she a pro. She was there to do a job. Yes, 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 yes. You're right. You're right. I did write that down. She was all business. I, I just, I love her too. I think she's so funny. When I used to watch her in the Adventures of New Christine, that might not be the exact. Yeah, the New Adventures of Old Christine. Yep. Uh, yeah. Julia Louis Dreyfus show. She was so funny. So funny. All right, what's your grade for live in front of a studio audience? Norman Lear's All in the Family and the Jeffersons, Mom. <laughs> this definitely got an A+. Yeah, gotta be. Now, I understand you don't have a recommendation for us this week, which is fine. You yeah. deserve a week off. You can't work tirelessly. You can't read a great book every week. 
So no, and I didn't. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to slide in here with a uh, recommendation of my own that I think you'll appreciate, Mom. Uh, back on the TV show, uh, you and I did a pop mom, or it was called Mom on Pop back then. Uh, we did a Mom on Pop segment uh, about Fleabag. Uh, a, a British show by an extremely talented woman, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, written, created, and starred in this show. Did that uh, that sentence didn't make any sense, but you get it. She wrote it. She created it. She stars in it. Um, and it's about this young woman who owns a cafe. Uh, she's lost her best friend uh, to suicide, and she uses uh, sex and her smart-alecky sense of humor to distance herself and try to deal with the pain in her life, um, a pain that seems to be ramped up even more uh, at the beginning of season two, which has just arrived on Amazon uh, for your streaming pleasure. I cannot recommend Fleabag enough. If season one was a uh, singular work, which I didn't think she needed to come back and do anything more for it, Season two is even more tightly scripted. I just feel like every line has some electricity to it, whether it's an emotional uh, gut punch or it's just a hilarious turn of phrase. Um, the way that Phoebe Waller-Bridge can even just use her eyes to accomplish an emotional turn. The performances, the writing on this show, I'm spellbound. It's one show that I watch that every time it ends, I say, oh, it's over already because it goes by so fast. Wow. Well, I loved season one. Um, you know, I love me some guinea pigs. So the guinea pig cafe played big in my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but the story itself was fascinating. Mm. And the ending, which I won't say, for, for season one was jaw-dropping. Yes, and heartbreaking as well. And heartbreaking, yes. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to seeing season two. You should be. Yeah, I am. I said I was. Uh, well, you better be. <laughs> I will. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, you got any other items for us, Mom? Any feedback corner this week? Uh, let's see. I got nothing. Thank you to the commenters on... Apple iTunes that knocked off somebody that had something. Oh, re really? I haven't taken yeah. a look. Two people knocked him down, so that was good. Well, let's thank them right here on the show. Thank yes, you bless. to... Oh, I see a bunch here. There's Apple Nancy. She says, love Mom and John. Uh, the Noise G writes, Pop Mom is the highlight of my week. And goes on from wow. there. Wow. Stacy MSS, I hope... I'm I guess that's how that's pronounced. Uh, it says, great podcast. John and Bonnie have the best relationship, and I laugh out loud at my desk at least once an episode. Good. I'm so glad yeah. you pointed this out. I never look at this, except when you tell me to do it. Yeah, well, I don't usually look at it, but when I looked and saw that inane comment, I thought, ooh, I don't want that to be at the top. Oh, there's, so, there's a bunch. A bunch of people went on and left reviews. You people are the no, best. I'm so I moved by this. Wow. We have the best readers don't we <laughs> <laughs> all right well with that we'll uh, call an end to this week's edition of pop mom of course mom and i will be back next week to talk about more pop culture the only question is what will we talk about
I have it written right oh. down here. Something interesting. Oh, well, you'll have to tune in for that. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. Hey, Apple Podcast users, thank you for telling your friends, telling the world. We love you for listening. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too. Love you, too.